0: Hey guys, welcome to the show. Hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving and had some good downtime. So today I have a pretty fiery guest for you. Her name is Dr. Carrie Madey and she recently became kind of internet famous when a video of hers went viral, which was uh, criticizing the new vaccines for COVID. So she was talked about on the BBC. Uh, I believe even Pfizer mentioned her video, which, you know, had millions of views at the time. And they said that, you know, her views were were baseless, that she was totally wrong. Uh, they censored her videos and, and her other work. And so I thought, you know, she would probably be a great interview guest. <laughs> so she directed uh, two large medical clinics in Georgia, U.S., and now she lives in the Dominican Republic. So a couple things about the interview. Uh, For some reason, the sound quality was not great. Uh, When I do recordings, I have, usually, I have triple redundancy, you know, just to make sure that I can get a good audio clip from at least one of those. And even still, you know, my voice sounds kind of robotic at times in this interview. Uh, And for the first eight minutes or so, there is this low pitch, I should say low volume, kind of high pitch sound. It's not too annoying uh, and it does go away, but it is there. Now, I'm going to post this interview on YouTube. But I have no idea if they're going to allow it to stay up. They they're you know censoring Carrie pretty hard uh, all over the place. So if you are listening on YouTube and you know maybe you only get halfway through it or whatever, um, don't be surprised if it does get taken down in the future. It will be up on all the different podcast libraries, which is you know what makes podcasts so great. Uh, they definitely are more decentralized, so it's it's harder to take down uh, a podcast than it is a video. Uh, make sure you listen until the end. I'll give you my take on the interview. So enjoy the show. Dr. Carrie Madej, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So I am really excited to have you on we're going to get into some vaccines and some news that's coming out right now. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, I actually found you in a really interesting way. I found, I saw some of your videos when I was, you know, researching, um, the different vaccines that are coming out now for COVID and I want to get into that, but I want to know kind of how you got into it. You know, what is your background? What cause you're a doctor, you know, what is your specialty? So can you talk about that for a little while?
1: Sure. Um, Well, I'm originally from Michigan, and I went to medical school in Kansas City, Missouri, and I graduated there in 2001. I ended up training in Michigan, Georgia, and Florida, um, and then also did my uh, traditional internship at Columbus, Georgia, and my uh, internal medicine residency in Macon, Georgia, and I ended up settling in Georgia and being a private clinician and, and also medical director of two different clinics, and I owned my last clinic. Um, and also was a attending physician uh, teacher for medical students in, in the state for about eight years. Um, and I, my first interest with vaccines actually came a long time ago, actually in high school, because I questioned the tetanus vaccine, because you, you hear from the doctors and other people, you have to get your tetanus vaccine to protect you from this dangerous bacteria in the soil that if it got inside your body, what well, we were told then, was that it was so dangerous that it would spasm all your muscles, something called lockjaw. And that could happen within minutes to hours, not days or weeks after the event, minutes to hours.
0: Yeah, I remember that as a kid hearing about lockjaw. It was terrifying.
1: So you would curl up in a ball and just die on the floor. So I had never heard of anybody dying like that. Have you?
0: I, I haven't. No, I remember we had a little a song about a sailor who got locked jaw that we would sing, but no, I, I never saw it happen.
1: So this was my quest to find out if this ever happened, because this should have been in the news. Somebody from Africa, somebody from India, let's say, uh, because not everybody gets these vaccines on time. So what is this? So this ends up going, it goes, I research this and ask questions all through my residency of medical school, and I actually ended up asking the top infectious disease physicians who did research for me, and they came back and said the same thing: that they could not find a bona fide case, not one in the world, of someone dying of this tetanus disease, mm-hmm. of, of it actually aden- being identified. You know, taking you have to take a sample and prove that the person died of that, and they died in that manner. There isn't any, mm-hmm. not one. So I said in front of the class I said well that means it doesn't exist by science and because that, that's true and they said just be quiet don't question it don't tell anybody this you continue to give everybody the tetanus vaccine so this goes against our hippocratic oath of course first do no harm why are we giving this mysterious thing that doesn't isn't based on anything and and many times in a person's lifetime So I noticed during my training in one of the hospitals in Detroit, that particular hospital did not give the tetanus vaccine to uh, the people on welfare, social um, assistance, but they did give it to the people with private pay and they people on uh, the public or the welfare, they got all the other vaccines. So I asked why they told me it was protocol and be quiet. That's usually what they tell you, be quiet. But I noticed something that They were very fertile, the people who did not get the tetanus vaccine versus the people who did. So I started researching fertility and tetanus, and sure enough, um, you can still get this online. You can still find some sources that since the 1970s, the National Institute of Health has been uh, experimenting with the tetanus vaccine and putting the HCG, the pregnancy hormone in there purposely to be a sterilization or an abortion vaccine. This is done purposely. Now, whether or not they use it in the US, they have not admitted that, but they've admitted they've used it in Latino countries, in Kenya, um, in India. Um, those are the ones I could find online for sure. They had no problem stating that yes, they were doing this.
0: And, and who was that that was stating this?
1: National Institute of Health. So um, the, the point of, of that is you find that, and we were never taught that in medical school, I don't think they told anybody informed consent anywhere about that um and actually how the one of the first cases was found out the vatican found out in the latino countries because they noticed that they were only giving the tetanus vaccine to women of childbearing age not children not males not uh, not older women and so they were suspicious and had the vaccine analyzed and they found the pregnancy hormone inside the vaccine and that's when they questioned the NIH, and that's when the data came out about, yes, it is the um, sterilization hormone. Because when you're pregnant, a woman, the HCG hormone will be elevated, then the body, if it had the vaccine, is already going to have antibodies to the pregnancy and will attack the pregnancy. That's what would happen in your body.
0: Interesting. So, so basically, by putting this hormone in a vaccine, you get an immune reaction to that vaccine, and that's what makes them less fertile.
1: Yes, it it, the body will attack the HCG as though it's a foreign, you know, bacteria, foreign virus.
0: Okay, gotcha.
1: So that got me started to say I'd better really restart researching and question everything. This is this is goes against everything I ever thought about medicine. Um, And so when you're researching, uh, I start researching vaccines. I I just couldn't believe that there was such lack of, of efficacy data meaning we didn't have real good scientific studies to show that we should be using a lot of these vaccines. Um, Also, there's a lot of data to show that they were harming people, but nothing was being done because of the 1986 act that was passed, which protects the vaccine manufacturers. It gives them amnesty, essentially, from any ill will or any ill effects on anybody for any reason. They don't have, they don't, they're not accountable. So this is unbelievable. They also don't have to go through the normal safety and research practices that a normal drug can or does have to, because let's say they add a new, a new chemical to like, let's say the flu vaccine. Well, what the FDA is saying is, well, we've already seen the flu vaccine. We don't need to test this one. But think about that. That's a whole new chemical being added. Why is it not being tested thoroughly? This could do a lot of damage to people. They're given, you know, the the pass. This is unbelievable. I started to find out more and more. what was going on, and it was criminal.
0: Yeah. So so, just to like roll it back. You like were you the only one in medical school actually questioning these things, or, or were others kind of like, "Yeah, this is messed up," but just you know, keep it down. We got to graduate. This is costing us millions. I mean, what was what was the reaction to this information?
1: Well, you're taught whenever you question things, uh, you're taught. Like I said, pretty much, you're told to shut up. If you say anything, uh, you never work in the industry. You'll be blackballed all kinds of things. There's a lot of f- threats and coercions that go on. And I, I trained in more than one state. So this was at least in three different states I experienced this.
0: So did this happen? I mean, when you spoke up about this, did this happen to you? Did they they blackball you and, and prevent you from working?
1: Um, at the time, I didn't say anything more. I was still in training. But when I got into my own practice, I made sure people knew about these uh, side effects and gave them the insert, which when... When the data goes out, everybody in, with electronic medical records, all the government institutions know what's going on, and they knew I wasn't giving my patients vaccines. So in mm-hmm. essence, they would harass me, public health department, the CDC even, mostly the public health department, sometimes um, other agencies. But then ultimately, I, was, um, I, I lost like $175,000 in one year because I didn't vaccinate enough people they they actually deduct money from you. You get bonuses based on that. Hmm.
0: You know that's really interesting. I went to a doctor one it, it's so unclear whether doctors are compensated or not for vaccines cuz if you ask a lot of doctors they will say that they don't get any money from giving vaccines that they're just they're just, you know, helping out. But then you kind of dig under the surface a little bit and you find out well, they can't take a lot of different insurance payments if they don't get vaccines. You know, like there's there's little kind of hooks in there. Um, and so it's it's really unclear, you know.
1: It's very, you're very correct about that. So almost nobody's truly a private practicing physician anymore. They're actually under uh, a group name or a hospital or some other association. It's very rare to find one that's truly independent. So you have to go by the rules and protocols of who you work for, who you have to answer to. I was still private on my own, but they could still get me because I took insurance money um and they can get you financially that way,
0: yeah, so how did you get from being a practicing doctor to you know having a YouTube channel and speaking speaking out against the great you know medical church
1: well i you know I spoke up a lot because of I I identified a lot of underlying causes to diseases or illnesses we thought were incurable. And I found out that a lot of the causes had cures and a lot of times are environmental. For instance, finding a lot of arsenic in the water, the public water um, of Georgia was causing cancers in people. A lot of my transplant patients for liver transplants happened to live around a copper mine that was leaching copper in the area. You know, those are just some examples. So you're uncovering these things, but as you can imagine, this would cost industries money. (laughs) Um, So I wasn't very popular with different organizations and industries. So um, I spoke up a lot, but, you know, you have have to go through a lot of things personally when you do that, as you can imagine. And I decided to take some time off because I was working so much and I was stressed and then when this COVID-19 thing popped up, I started to research what what it was, and I saw the word vaccine pop up immediately. And then I started to see these keywords of things that I knew about five years ago. I went to meetings. You know, one of them was, you know, modified RNA or modified DNA technology. Another one was nanotechnology, biosensors. And then I I was so upset. I couldn't believe that this was going, this was actually happening now. I thought this would happen in the future, but not now. And I had an epiphany one night and I I woke up and I decided I have to start talking again. I have to warn people. I have to tell them about this. This is unconscionable and it's crimes against humanity about to happen. If we allow this vaccine, these vaccines to be unleashed upon the population. So I started, um, you know, talking and educating and I accidentally, uh, I couldn't get one of my videos downloaded for education. So I put it on YouTube temporarily and it ended up going viral. So I call it my accidentally went out, but because it was so popular and people needed the information, I decided to start speaking more and more and more. Um, And it's my warning call to the world my alarm call, because it's not just based on research. I happen to have attended meetings where it was this, using biosensors, using nanotechnology in the population uh, was discussed as a ways of controlling people. And also I went to um, some genetics meetings where they talked about using vaccines as a way to genetically modify people and to combine that technology with the biosensors. Um, and, and in essence, it was a transhumanist agenda. agenda.
0: So well, let's let's talk about the vaccines because I, I don't think most people know they don't really understand what's different about these new vaccines for COVID versus the old ones, but they're they're totally different. So maybe, maybe you could talk about that first.
1: So these va- so regular vaccine works by in essence giving you the we'll just stick with a virus. So it's giving you a, a live or killed virus, okay, and other things are in in the um, solution a lot of times there's aborted fetal cells you know animal cell lines chemicals etc but it always has a live or the killed virus okay mm-hmm. um so that you're actually getting that in you and the idea is your body sees it and it's not strong enough to make you really sick that's the idea but your body sees the virus and it starts to know how to fight it in the future if you come across it again this time is different They decided they need to make a lot of vaccine fast. So this is their excuse for changing the way they make the vaccine. They decided to, instead of giving the actual virus inside of us, they will give a code and our body will make part of the virus. We'll actually make a piece of the virus over and over again. And then because our body's making pieces of the virus, the body will see this pieces of the virus and it will know how to have the immune response. <clears throat> but so first of all, we are tapping into and manipulating and altering our genes. <clears throat> our DNA our, um, our the blueprint for life. This is dangerous because one little misstep, one alteration can cause cancers, autoimmune disorders, mutations all these terrible things, one tiny mistake. And they do expect these mistakes to happen. How many? They don't know. We are the test group. This is awful. They're manipulating our code. The other thing is when you're gonna have a person's body start making pieces of the virus, it sounds kind of dangerous. You don't have control over that. No one does. It's just whoever's immune system makes whatever. Some will make a little, some will make a lot. If you happen to make a lot or too much, it could overwhelm your body. You could become very sick. You could have something called a cytokine storm. You could be, you know, someone that sees the common cold and end up being in the intensive care unit. You could have handled the cold without that vaccine. The vaccine has very dangerous. We've seen this in animal studies where the animals didn't do better with the vaccine. They actually did worse when they were just around a common everyday virus. So this is very concerning. A lot of us are sounding the alarm. They're not going through the proper safety trials, not at all. It should take up to 10 to 15 years for a brand new vaccine. They're doing it in less than a year. They're not doing the proper safety trials at all.
0: Yeah, it sounds it sounds very risky. It sounds like, you know, if you're programming your cells to make this protein that the immune system's then going to recognize and be like, oh, this is the bad, this is the bad stuff. Like, would they then think the cell that is producing these proteins is the bad stuff? Like, it it just seems like you're kind of playing with fire there.
1: You're playing with a lot of fire. And the other thing is, we don't have all the data to really analyze from these com- these companies. Um, even the FDA doesn't know everything about the vaccines. They're, they're into a cloak and dagger program because the Department of Defense called Operation Warp Speed is in control of the vaccines. And they've subcontracted out their oversee to private corporations, which do not fall under any other regulatory protocols we normally have. This is so fright. People need to understand everything you thought about a, about a medicine or a vaccine, that we have our checks and balances for this COVID-19 vaccine has been thrown out the window. Everything. We, this is a crime against humanity. We are not guinea pigs. We are not lab rats. And this should not be happening to humanity around the world. And these manufacturers doing this, they're making tons of money. Even before their vaccine has been given out to anyone, they're making money because they're given money by all these different entities, these governments. And guess what? No matter what happens to us, if we get sick, if we're dead, if something bad happens to any of us, none of us can sue them, none of us, nothing, because they put a second safety mechanism through the Emergency Act. They'll still make all their money, And we are the ones to suffer. There's something quite wrong there.
0: Yeah. So I I don't have a medical degree or anything. And I know sometimes like a health process can sound very strange, but in reality, it's very common. Uh, So is changing the DNA of a cell to have it put out new proteins, I mean, is that a really common thing that's done in the medical world? Is that a treatment that's been used elsewhere successfully um, or anything like that?
1: They have done these kinds of ideas with some, uh, not on this level, I have to say that, no, but they have done some things with, let's say, some cancer genes, some um, uh, immunologic uh, meds. However, in those, we have seen the same thing I'm talking about is it backfires. It looks like it's working at first, and then the body goes haywire. It has a cytokine storm. It starts attacking itself. This happens a lot. And so if that's the same technology, of course, we could expect it to happen with this. And think about the magnitude because this will be used around the world. Um, this is very, very concerning. They do not have the safety data to, to support this by any good scientific sound science. This is really frightening that they're doing this. Um, and you have to know that part of the genome of this virus has also, part of it is, is um, identical with part of our chromosome 8. And a human chromosome, chromosome eight um, actually deals with our fertility and our um, intelligence. So, mm-hmm. whatever piece that they're using from the virus, what if they're using that piece that is identical to our chromosome eight? They could be nip- manipulating and altering that. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on here, and we should not be rushing this. I, I really fear that a lot of damage will be done if we rush. The, if we rush this, of course.
0: Yeah. So there are a few different vaccines in the process of being made. I mean, I know there's one from Pfizer that I think most people have heard about that they said it was uh, 90% effective and they tested it on something like, I don't know, 45,000 people. Um, and then uh, Moderna, I know that's the one from Bill Gates. I think theirs just come at, came out a day or two ago and they said it was 95% effective. So are some of these better than others or are they all bad i mean are they all kind of doing the same thing or, or what what do you know about
1: that so first of all these are mostly news reports going out we don't have the hard scientific data to actually study what they're telling us so that's concerning we're just supposed to de- we're supposed to depend on their word i don't i need to see the data so that's number one really important to know that every single one of the frontrunners In all of their studies, not one of them is looking for really important endpoints. The endpoints would be, does it prevent person-to-person transmission? None of them are looking at that. Number two, does it prevent us getting really sick? Does it prevent us from going into the hospital, um, dying, going to the intensive care unit? They decided not to look at that. It's only looking at mild symptoms in essence. Mm-hmm. That is a tragedy, and that's the truth. Every one of them is set up like that. So they, they say they're not doing that because that would cost more time and money, but what is the point of going through these potential dangers, these extreme dangers, because this is a grand experiment on humanity, when the, when the outcome would be very little, very little, it would not be beneficial at all. Why would it, it would never benefit those people that need it the most because it's going to prevent you from getting some mild flu like symptoms. And most of them, when they're getting the injection, they are getting severe flu like symptoms for up to a week. They're actually getting the illness. So then, why are you taking it? And we don't know how long this will last. They're not looking at the duration. And the animal studies, sometimes they would last only days' effectiveness. Days? maybe a month. I saw maybe one that says three months. Are you kidding me? We're going to go through all of this, this potential damage to us for an antibody, a level that only lasts a very short time. So we have to really stop and say, what is going on? And speak up for ourselves because money is driving this. Control is driving this, not the health of the world.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, this might be kind of a strange question, but it seems so risky, but what, what is their case? You know, I mean, imagine, I guess, that you were really excited about this new vaccine technology. I mean, it's just the greatest. I mean, what is, what is the case that they would make that would, that would be, you know, that would put a positive spin on it?
1: Well, something to think about would be um, in, while we were in quarantine, a patent came out around the world, international. Um, Microsoft, <clears throat> Bill Gates released it, published it, and it's uh, 060606. And this patent has to do with biosensors that they are suggesting to put in the vaccine. So a biosensor is something that could be injected in you. And in essence, it's actually like putting little t- tiny microscopic artificial intelligence in your body. And though this would actually sense... Um, it would actually hold your vaccine record it hold your medical record, but it would also gather data from your body um, and it would gather your heart rate, your breathing, your sleeping, your emotions. I mean, lots of different things. So yeah. gather data from your body. Right. And this there's a diagram on there. So gather all the, 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 the data. The data is then sent to a smart device like your phone. From the phone, it goes to the cloud. That's why they need 5G, a, bra- uh, a broad bandwidth. And then from 5G, it goes to an, uh, a central server, artificial intelligence. So this, they were doing this because they said they could hook up the biosensors to cryptocurrency. That means money. <laughs> hmm. So I know this sounds pretty crazy, but people need to look up the patent. Because they are suggesting to use nanotechnology and biosensors into these vaccines as well. So my point is, there's a lot of money to be made on all of us. Also, if we start doing something like that with our precious information, our personal information, we don't control that. Um, It's out everywhere. Who sees it? Who controls that? That's loss of autonomy, freedoms, and independence. And if you look at other world leaders, they talk about a one world government. They talk about ID 2020. They talk about the great reset. If you look for this, you'll find it. And um, Boris Johnson actually put out a two minute clip explaining how people will be controlled in their near future. So for me, when I'm looking at this, the only answer I keep coming up with is it's not for the health of the people, not at all. It is to control most people around the world. And this is something that we need to be very careful of and know. And I mean, um, it's not that I just read up on this. I actually attended a meeting where this was discussed as well.
0: So the idea is that the vaccine can be a vector where they will put in some kind of tracking ID into you. And then that will let them keep tabs on what you're spending your money on, whether you are complying with directives and all that stuff. I mean, it's... This is it, it's kind of like a boogeyman that I mean, I've been a part of a lot of a lot of different groups. I've been, you know, with libertarians, I've I've been all over the place. And there is kind of this this boogeyman of like, look, they're gonna they're gonna track you and then it's it's gonna get really bad. But but I think most people are pretty skeptical to that view. And so what would you say to somebody who's very skeptical of it? Who's just like, you know, I, I just don't know if I can totally buy into that.
1: I tell them to please, please do your own research, because if you will look for the, this data, you will find it, and that's the only way you'll believe it is when you find it yourself. Um, and you know, I don't look, I don't watch the news. It's, it doesn't really tell you much information. I talk to people um, from different people from around the world. They're sending me videos. People in Europe, you wouldn't believe the protests they're having. They know this. They will tell you it's about a one world order about changing everything about control. There thousands and thousands are protesting in the streets every day, every day. Um, and some of them are successful. They're getting their governments to back down like Denmark did at least temporarily mm-hmm. they're backing down. Italy, their police force took their helmets off. They're supporting them. And the world knows there's something bad going on. Why doesn't the United States not know this? people need to wake up i am very concerned for our country the united states it's the only country that hasn't woken up to what is really about to happen and please look at things that have been going through the world health organization they have control in our country they can trump even our own government because when you have international law international organizations they trump what our own government can do that's frightening Mm-hmm. And they say they can go into any one of our houses, take any member out of the house for suspicion, not that you are positive, suspicion that you could be positive because you're a threat to society and take you away to a containment camp. Every country has these. They're, they're true. If you look it up, you'll find it. It depends on if you do your du- due diligence and you look it up. But the more you look up, the more you'll find out that this is over and over again. The Center for Disease Control unbelievable their policies they're putting out they also talk about these containment camps and how to set up a neighborhood so it's a containment camp i mean they just they've published one only uh, in july of this year they're telling us they publish these things but no one pays attention to them yeah. so people really need to wake up because it's not just our country it's not about who's the president who's not that's not at all because this is a worldwide problem everything is being mirrored in every country as we speak And they have to know that there's a lot of false data going on with the COVID-19. It's been proven over and over. Why would this happen? Why would this agenda keep going forward? There's an ulterior motive, and people need to wake up. It's a very serious one, and we have to speak up for our rights now and come together not be fighting, be united, and speak up, because this is for humanity,
0: yeah, so you've you probably know quite a few other doctors uh, as well. What is the general consensus on this vaccine? Is anyone else kind of raising the same uh, alarms that you are?
1: Well, um, the other doctors I speak with, yes, they're they're talking like me, but I. I don't talk to, I guess, a lot of the doctors that aren't talking. You know, birds of a feather kind of thing, right? Yeah. A lot of the other doctors, though, they're like I told you before. We have this um, syndrome where they keep telling you if you speak up, you'll lose your job, which you usually do. And so most doctors are afraid to speak up. They they don't want to lose their job. Um, they may, you know, quietly, you know, they'll they'll say yes, I agree with you, but they're afraid to actually speak up. And I do hope they abide by their Hippocratic Oath and they look at all the risk involved because the risks so outweigh any of the benefits ever. And if you abide by your Hippocratic Oath, not one vaccine should really be given out to the patients.
0: So that's you mentioned the tetanus. Are there other vaccines that you're um, kind of skeptical of or, or you think are not good?
1: Well, let's just put it this way. Um, the Center for Disease Control says that by the year 2025 to 2030, one out of every two children born will be on the autistic spectrum. That's 50% of all of our children. Wow. We cannot survive as a society. We will collapse. Also, right now, one out of every two uh, people in their lifetime will have cancer. Why Why is that so high? Well, if we look through history, we look at the amount of doses of vaccines given, we can follow that with the amount of vaccines given, the increase of autism jumps up identical with it. It's parallel. So right now, children get 72 doses of a vaccine. When I was a kid, I think it was 12. And they said, you know, within the next five years, there'll be 126 or more doses. Mm. And I think that's, we have data. We have a lot of evidence to show that there's actually there. So although you can't sue the, in the government for these vaccine manufacturers, there is a little um, independent group to the side where they do hear cases and they have proven that the vaccines cause autism and even cancer. Um, they actually published a, a study that some of the flu vaccines had cancer-causing viruses in them. You know, this makes a news and sees it for three days and then no one talks about it. Nothing's done about it. We've always known for decades that these vaccines have cancer-causing viruses that we're injecting into people. It's unbelievable. And the MMR, there's a whistleblower from the CDC, um, I forgot how many years ago, recently, and I remember reviewing this article as a doctor. And it said that the MMR vaccine had a specificity for African-American boys, that in that population, they were five times more likely to get autism than any other race. The CDC knew this, did not do anything about it, did not warn that population. And to this day, nothing has been done. Nothing. And no one talks about it. That is just unbelievable that we keep doing this to ourselves and our children, and we have more than enough data to show that these are dangerous.
0: Well, it's, you know, I look at that and I think the whole groupthink has a very, you know, the pull of groupthink of fitting in of of going along to get along is very strong you know i mean it's it's really hard to go against the grain and it often like like you know it involves a lot of personal costs so i mean it it, it makes sense um, but if you do just keep putting the truth out there or at least just keep questioning things you know it's like you kind of have that that hope and that faith that eventually the uh, the facade will come down.
1: I mean, the other countries, if we actually saw what was going on there, the news won't cover that. It is unbelievable. It is very inspiring. We should really look to them at what to do. I mean, we have, there's families with baby carriages They're out there every day. Everybody's there. Everybody knows these things that I'm talking about and more. It's, it's common knowledge and they're there to support each other. And they can make a difference if they keep doing these things. And that's what we need to be doing in our country. If we don't, I, I'm i very scared for our future.
0: So so what if somebody, you know, has to get the COVID vaccine for work or whatever, and, and they decide, you know, I'm just going to get it. I'm going to do the two doses or, or whatnot. Um, is there anything they can do, you know, maybe before or afterwards to help themselves?
1: You know... In the past, we said there's some detoxes you can do, but when you're altering someone's genetic makeup and when you are putting nanotechnology into them, not one of, not me nor any of my colleagues knew any way to reverse that, and that is frightening.
0: So it's basically totally off the map. You have no idea.
1: None of us do at this point. I will never take any of those vaccines. There's nothing they can do to make me take them.
0: I saw in another interview, you mentioned uh, Dr. Shoemaker. Uh, who who pioneered some mold toxicity treatment uh, with cholestromine, which, by the way, that I, I've done that treatment. Cholestromine is awesome stuff. Um, I, I did his protocol. Uh, does that help at all for maybe not this COVID vaccine, but just damage in general for vaccines?
1: It's off-label use. It's excellent for neurotoxins. That's what Shoemaker um, saw. So um, some of these common infections people have in their body. very com- They're very common. They actually give you neurotoxins, not just mold, but something called mycoplasma pneumonia. Um, I'm sure we can expect in these vaccines neurotoxins as well. So this is something that acts like a binding agent and it grabs onto the neurotoxins and you excrete it through your bowel movements. Um, so you don't have to process the poison in your body, which is very, very effective and good. And it's also good for inflammatory bowel. It helps to get rid of yeast, biofilm, et cetera. So that is a really, really good thing, um, you know, to have. It's finding the doctor that will prescribe it for you. um, It's a prescription that you need. Uh, You know, I also recommend diatomaceous earth. That's excellent. You get a food grade. Um, You know, your animals and people can take that safely. And that's a really good way of cleansing. It has a little scrubbing action in the gut wall. Uh, it's really good, again, for removing yeast. It gives you silica, really good for skin, hair, and nails, good for your joints, mm-hmm. um, good for, you know, remo- removing intestinal parasites. It's got so many good qualities to it. It's cheap, and it's very healthy. It's just kind of, you know, clay uh, type of material there, um, and it's very, very cheap to take that. Uh, I also recommend... Uh, l-glycine powder it's just an amino acid really cheap not bad to take as a powder Um, you can take a teaspoon twice a day for about two months and then go down to like a half teaspoon daily for maintenance this is amazing to detox pesticides particularly roundup or the glyphosate uh, pesticide from your uh, body because everybody has that in their body now and it it makes you not assimilate your nutrients. You're missing your key uh, nutrients. Also makes inflammation your gut wall. It's linked to cancer as well. So we never knew how to detox this until uh, Dr. Dietrich Klinghart, is an amazing researcher, he found this out. And I do this myself. Lots of other patients I've had, they do great on that. So and that's cheap and easy to get as well. I highly recommend those three.
0: Okay. Uh, so one of the things I've found over time you know, doing this show and reading research is kind of the trust that I have for doctors and and large centralized organization uh, organizations that, you know, say they're, they're going to keep people healthy. It kind of goes down, you know, it kind of gets to the point where you really can't trust them at all. So I'm I'm really skeptical of of many treatments that they offer. Um, And I often think natural treatments, you know, they may not work all the time, but at least they're not as risky when they fail. Um, you know, I'm not going to end up with brain fog or destroy joints from antibiotics or something like that. But it's, this also means, and I think a lot of people are starting to feel this way, is that you're kind of out on your own a little bit. You know, you kind of become your own doctor to a certain extent. So, those three things you mentioned are awesome. Is there anything else you can think of that would be good for people to have just you know, in general, and maybe this is too broad of a question, but just in general in their medical bag for, for helping them kind of get through life?
1: Um, baking soda is key. Uh, you Drinking that every day it makes your body's pH more alkaline. It almost always cures almost everybody's acid indigestion. You don't have heartburn anymore. It helps you assimilate your nutrients. It's a good anti-inflammatory. It's one of the best allergy meds. I could go on and on. Mm. Um, it's one of the best things you could possibly have um, in your arsenal and taking baths with that, two cups of Epsom salts, two cups of baking soda for, and hot water for 20 minutes is awesome way to detox your body. I highly recommend detox baths. Um, they're a great way to, to jumpstart and make yourself feel better. Even in a day, highly recommend that. Um, also, um, after the, the baking soda, Uh, consider iodine Uh, my favorite brand is iodorol because it's been tested for decades and we know the efficacy and in fact it's in the frontline treatment for any radiation toxicity and just about any um, world government that you can find we know it works so it has exact ingredients of iodine and iodide that you need to detox your body it also if you take it on a, a daily basis and it, you can re- reduce your risk of hormone-induced cancers by 40%. Good for your thyroid, of course. Good for your immune system. All sorts of things. And almost mm. everybody is missing that. Um, so that's a good thing to to have as well in the arsenal.
0: Okay. So one one thing I saw you mention quite a bit in some of your interviews is hydrogel. What What is hydrogel?
1: Well, this is um, an invention by DARPA that... Um, Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. And um, DARPA is, in essence, a, a nanotechnology. It's a nanotechnology that they are, the companies, vaccine companies, are suggesting to use in their vaccines now. And this frightens me. So they like hydrogel because it doesn't get rejected from the body. You can't see or feel it under your skin, but it's there. And it has the ability to hold those little... For lack of a better word, nanobots. Okay, they're so tiny, they're so minuscule. Okay, it's unbelievable we can do that, though. So not only is it it, it, your body accepts it, it can hold that artificial intelligence hookup I'm talking about, the biosensors. It also holds your vaccination record because they don't. The people in charge of this vaccine agenda, they want to make sure you're vaccinated. They don't trust you. They don't trust the medical establishment. So what this hydrogel could also hold would be an identifier, a digital ID, a tattoo kind of thing that um, you could be scanned with a special app, like on a smart device. So you can't see this, this ID or this digital imprint, only a special application can. So you're going to have a barcode, like a product in the store. They're just, you know, downgrading us to just products and commodities. We're not human beings anymore. These people making decisions we're supposed to have, you know, sovereign souls and, and consent to things. What happened? So this this is also a bioluminescent kind of quality. Now you, again, you couldn't see it with your bare eyes, but it can do that. Um, one of the, the, the patents for this type of technology they're using is called Luciferase. They named that Luciferase. It's interesting they they named these things that and that they use patent numbers with 060606, or house bill for... For the COVID tracing, which includes those biosensors, is six 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 six. They they use very interesting symbols there.
0: Yeah, I, I actually I looked up Luciferase, um, and it was apparently discovered by this Raphael Dubois guy. Is is that the one you're talking about?
1: Um, that's originally yes, but then now it has actually got a patent um, that can be used for digital imprint for ID 2020, meaning every single person on the planet is supposed to have their own ID, their own barcode in their body. Okay. Um, they're already doing this with the people, some people in Africa, Um, they're working the Bill Gates foundation and MasterCard are working together. They're putting this vaccine with the hydrogel and the ID, the barcode And of course, MasterCard's involved, so you know that's going to be used for their their currency, their cryptocurrency, too. Their body will literally become their money, which is scary. Because, do you trust? I don't listen. I always get viruses in my computer. My phone doesn't work all the time. I have (laughs) my apps, you know, pause and freeze, or they don't work, or maybe they need to be updated, or maybe I don't have a good connection. I mean, look at all the problems you have. Now you're going to put everything in your body? Are you kidding me? I mean, think <laughs> of the problems that we could have from that. What if someone hacks into your, your system? Look at all the hackers out there. They could take your cryptocurrency. What are you going to do?
0: Yeah. So just to clarify, the hydrogel is basically, it's like a gel that you don't feel that goes into you and that's the medium that they put the the other stuff into?
1: It's the matrix that, If you look on um, YouTube, there's a company called Profusa, and they use the hydrogel, and they're from DARPA. They have this clip. You look under dancing hydrogel, and you will find this stick figure dancing in saline. So, In essence, what it's showing you is these little tiny particles have come together to form a stick figure. Actually, that could happen in you or me. Because these little tiny particles, it's something like little bits. And they can come together, assemble or disassemble and reassemble innumerable times to do different things. DARPA and these other government agencies say, this is great. We can actually heal your body. Maybe it could be helpful for wound healing, healing a a torn ligament. This is what they're saying to us. Mm -hmm. But you're also getting something synthetic in your body. You're getting something that's not from nature, something that we don't know what to expect, something that can replicate on its own. It can spread in your body. I don't want that in my body. I do not consent to that because what could happen? And again, that hydrogel, what you're seeing in the video is really important because it's being stimulated by like a light source or electric impulse. That means in your body it could be stimulated too what if something else outside of you could stimulate that this they're using it for different things they also could be used for on-demand drug delivery system meaning Mm -hmm. all you would have you could make your own vaccine you can make your own medication inside your body instantaneously (laughs) by using a light source or signal this, this is, all of this is real. We can do it right now, but who controls that? I want to control my body. I don't trust anything that can control anything like that. What if you're speaking out against, um, the government or something else like that? What if they didn't think you're being a good human? Uh, what if they put a sedative, you know, through an impulse into the, uh, let's say the people were protesting, right? They could easily mm-hmm. do that. If you had this substance in you, see you have to understand you're putting something in your body that you cannot control no way something else controls it and in all these patents they show an artificial server artificial intelligence controlling it not a human do you, do you i don't trust a computer with my body I trust me <laughs> you know uh, it's my my body and you we need to know what they're they're planning on doing because Boris Johnson, if you haven 't looked at that clip, he has a two minute clip he just did and he's telling uh the audience of the plan what i'm saying and even more he's saying you know one day you won't very soon you know all your thoughts will be known and there's nowhere that you can hide and uh, you know pretty much it's all cryptocurrency like i said and is based on social credits how good you are how good of a human you are and it's not the things that you think of being uh- Similar to the Chinese social credit system.
0: Yeah, I've heard of their their system. Yes. Yeah, it's kind of like you you can't litter, and you have to, you know, open doors for people or some, you know, stuff like that, and and you get little points, and yeah, it's kind of nuts.
1: Speaking out or being on social media and posting something that they don't like, you get deducted a lot of cryptocurrency. Automatically, you're afraid to speak the truth overnight. They control what you do and what you say.
0: Why, why do you think there are people who want to do this to other people, like other humans, you know? What, what do you think their motivation is?
1: When I, when I was in one of the meetings, let me tell you, of the person, the this, this scientist doctor, this was his beginning opening statement. He said, what is God? God creates. Well, now we can create, so now we're God's. They're atheists. They don't believe in a higher power. They believe that they can be the ones manipulating us little people around. And in these these meetings, when they talk like this, they talk of most people as being worthless eaters. When I was so horrified and questioned how anyone could support this, they told me many times, you'll see it's either us or them. You'll know what side to be on. You'll want to be on our side. And I said, you're a fool. If you think you can turn anything over to anything that's artificial intelligence, you'll never control that and you'll never be in charge. And I said I would never do this to anybody in the world. There's just no way. So, y- this is this is uh the start of many meetings like that.
0: What what kind of meetings were these? Like like where were these meetings? One
1: was a World Congress meeting, a scientific meeting. <clears throat> this is I know 6 or 7 years ago. I didn't realize it at the time, but as in essence, it was a transhumanist meeting. I thought I was just going to the regular <laughs> medical meeting. Um, but the speakers were definitely transhumanist uh, while I was there. I thought that was divine intervention. I learned a lot from it, a lot. And they talked about exactly what's going on right now. I just thought it would happen way in the future. Another thing was um, a, a business meeting in Atlanta. I was invited to go or recruitment um, some of the business leader the owners of businesses. And this meeting, I was bust into my cell phone, all the cell phones were jammed. And they talked about how Atlanta would be a pilot city. And it would, they talked about how they could control people within 30 days there. Their their goal was to control everyone's behavior and emotions. Because their reasoning there was that everybody Um, was too racist, and they were not amenable to other cultures. So they could not get businesses from other countries to come there. So they needed to fix that. And they had the right to do that. So they came up with this health app that we all have. And they explained that if they could stop people from lying, then they can make nicer, better people. And they had the right to do that. And so in the health app, if you look at the subcategories, it looks at all of your, phys- your breathing, your, your heartbeat, yeah, you know, your sexual activity, your toothbrushing, how much sun you get, all the medicines in your body, your blood alcohol content. It has a polygraph test in there. It's got a voice inflection app. It's got every, it's scary. So all these things can be measured. There's waiting. The mm-hmm. hookup would be the biosensor inside of you. So that 24, 7, 365 days a year, All this biometric data, all even your emotions, your thoughts, could be taken and downloaded to the smart app and then uploaded to the cloud. And then based on were you being a good human, were you lying too much? Then there'd be immediate repercussions and long term, meaning if you lied too much, I don't know what too much is, but if you did, they they said to us in this meeting, you wouldn't get a good enough percentage to buy a home. Or you wouldn't um, be able to attend certain schools. You wouldn't be able to get certain jobs. You wouldn't be able to attend certain areas. But think about that. I mean, I mean, overnight losing your autonomy and freedoms and independence, this frightened me. And I thought for sure this would be far far in the future. They wouldn't start doing this. And they, at that time, it was around five years ago, they said it would be about five years when they, they planned to implement it. So, this is a bona fide business meeting. Uh, you know, it's not just me researching. I heard from these people's mouths. And it's my duty to tell everybody because I have this knowledge. And I know what these people in power would like to do with what they consider. They don't think of us as equals. And it's not right. And no, we are human beings. Let's stand up for our human rights and let's stand in unity together because. Look at what they're afraid of. They're afraid of us coming together. That's why there's social isolation, the masks that don't work, dehumanizing us, you know, instigating fights, racial wars, political wars you know, through the media, and everybody's buying into it. They're falling for it. If we come together, we have so much strength. And I tell people this, that there's a lot of good medicine research out there. My favorite one to tell people is that our heart is the most powerful thing in our body that it is a hundred thousand times more powerful than the brain with its electromagnetic energy and that the studies they've done in the heart and even a weaker weaker person shows that the energy can go out six feet and a strong person miles. That's unbelievable. So think about if we really, really started to tap into our spirituality, our ability to use, we have energies we can measure this heart energy, this love, And start fighting each other. We have this power. You know, they hold us in fear. These crazy people that want to rule the world. Don't let them do that. Don't let them, you know, get away with this. Because we are the ones that have the power. We're beautiful spiritual beings. I tell people the human body is amazing. I have seen it heal itself of almost anything you can think of. I've seen almost every organ regenerate. It's just unbelievable. I don't know how it does it. I just know if you remove the blockages, the body can do that. So we are amazing beings. We shouldn't ever forget that.
0: Yeah, and and I think the crazy thing is, just a couple of weeks ago, I you know a month ago, I think there'd be a lot more skepticism at what you're saying. But you know, I just saw a video this morning from uh, the guy uh, oh, who's the guy in Canada, Trudeau, you know, talking about the Great Reset, and that was trending on on Twitter today, and it's like. It is kind of nuts that they, they, they want you to, you know, eat bugs or eat, eat meat substitutes and not own anything and stuff like that. And so they're actually just telling you now at this point, which is, it's kind of nuts.
1: Yeah, they, they're coming out more and more. If you start looking for it, you'll find that they're just telling you the plan now. So yeah. I do not consent and I will fight for our human rights forever.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm pretty much out of questions. One of the questions I always like to ask uh, the guests is, you know, is there any health advice out there that you hear very commonly that is just really bad health advice? And obviously, uh, taking get, get your flu shot is, is probably one of those. But, you know, putting the vaccines to the side, any other health advice that you hear that's, that's pretty, pretty rotten?
1: The worst one is what they're telling you right now, just social distance and where the masks are so unhealthy. We have so much data from the CDC, World Health Organization, et cetera, that show you how the masks should not be worn in this way. And they make you sicker, not healthier. Don't These masks are terrible for your health. You need to get out in the sunshine and walk and be around other people. We actually, our immune system goes up tremendously when we are in contact with each other. We know this. This is from science. I mean, all of these things are telling us to do in this, this pandemic, do the opposite because that mm-hmm. makes you healthier. That's the truth.
0: Yeah, what do the masks do? I, I see posts sometimes saying that they're actually harming your health, but I haven't, I haven't looked into that
1: because we were always trained in medicine never use them this way they'll make you sicker they gather the pathogens like pathogenic mold and bacteria on them and and you're blocking the airflow of how you actually circulate the air Uh, i mean there's so many different reasons why we should not be wearing them and all the all the research will prove what i'm saying is true oh it goes against osha standards osha says we should not be wearing the masks like that
0: when you say like that what what do you mean like all the time or or on your face in a certain way
1: Healthy people should never wear a mask, never. Okay. Also, just wearing them over and over again, no, they should be worn for five minutes and then thrown away. No one does that. And, you know, in tests, they prove that these viruses go right around and through the mask. What are we doing? <laughs> Unless you are, are just spitting out respiratory droplets left and right, that's when you wear a mask. Other than that, it cannot do anything. It's only really preventing all those bad respiratory droplets. If you are very sick and you're constantly coughing and sneezing, that's the person who should put a on mask on when they, only when they're around other people. And that is the only time you should be wearing it.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely have like two masks and I just use them over and over again, you know, to run into stores and stuff. And sometimes I think like, ah, am I breathing in my own my own junk just constantly?
1: Yeah. it's it, We shouldn't be doing it. It's very dehumanizing and isolating. I, I mean, you, we all know that, how we feel when we put them on. It's a terrible feeling. You don't feel good when you do that. Yeah. Uh, it's conditioning.
0: So what, do you, what are you doing these days? Do you still practice? Do you do consultations?
1: Well, I still, well, as far as I can, go back to the U.S. and I see patients there concierge style and... Do telemedicine and um, some charity work. And I'm just doing a lot of um, interviews, public speaking right now. Obviously, it's really important to get this information out. So I, I do that most of the time now.
0: Yeah. So if people want to find your work or whatnot, where can they go?
1: Um, there's a webpage, serendipitygroup.org. And there's also um, Twitter at Dr. Mate. I still have a YouTube account for now. I don't know. It's being censored, Dr. Carrie Mate um, Facebook as well.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: All righty. Well, that was Dr. Carrie Maday with some very controversial ideas. So before I give you my thoughts on what she said, I just want to first say she was super easy to work with. I emailed her, I gave her the podcast information and she emailed back, you know, pretty rapidly asking for times for the interview. It was just super easy. And I love it when someone is open like that, you know, no hoops that you have to jump through. So from my perspective, what Dr. Carey has done is she takes many different data points and puts them together in a compelling story about where the medical industry is going. So she mentioned different uh, patents. She mentioned different vaccines in Africa uh, that you know they're testing out in other countries. And I don't doubt any of the data points that she gave. I think you could look up the different patents and the stuff from the NIH, and you could see exactly what she's talking about. Her interpretation of this data is, you know, the powers that be, meaning multiple world governments, will use your personal health data to basically make you like a branded cattle herd or something. Uh, You know, everything will be known about you, all your data will be analyzed, and you will uh, gently or not so gently be nudged in the direction you are supposed to go which you know may look like vaccine compliance uh, maybe political or cultural adherence you know she mentioned the the Chinese social credit program maybe something like that and this is a pretty grisly future she outlines and you can tell from the interview how passionate she is about fighting against this perceived future. And you can't really argue with the data she represents. The data is the data. What you could argue with is the interpretation of that data. You know, you could say, well, these patents, the programs, they're not connected. You know, they're they're just kind of these little blips out there. And the way that Dr. Carey is saying they're connected is not true. So, for example, you could say uh, the luciferase, which is the enzyme that adds light uh, that, you know, they discovered in 1904... It, it has nothing to do with this vast conspiracy uh, to put the, the mark of the beast on you, you know, and so that people will know whether you've been vaccinated or not. Uh, you could say the health data gathering will be a way for people to easily monitor their health and, and maybe catch cancers earlier. Maybe it's a positive thing. So, so there are many ways you can interpret this data in the best possible light. And I'm sure, you know, if you tune into CNN or whatever, you know, some other mainstream media source, that's going to be the story that they play. Here's the thing, though. The powers that be are doing a really crappy job of debunking Dr. Carey's contentions. In fact, every day that goes by, another story comes out that seems to support the view that Dr. Carey is putting forward. Uh, so for example, if someone has my best interest in mind, I expect them to acknowledge and respect my concerns. I think that's reasonable, right? I, I think that that is a uh, not a crazy thing to expect. And building trust, it takes time for all humans. And if you really wanted the best for me, you will understand that, and and you will allow me the times it takes to gain trust in you. So, so this new vaccine for COVID, for me to trust it, I would want to hear from Pfizer or you know one of these other companies or whatever. I'd want to hear this we know that this was rushed and it's fairly new technology that we're rolling out on a vast scale and because of that we know that people are concerned with the safety of it and they have a right to be therefore we will not support any forced vaccinations with our product or restrictions on movement or restrictions on commerce if you choose not to get this vaccine so if pfizer said that i would be like wow these people are the real deal they they might want the best for me. Maybe this is something I can trust. Instead, recently, Qantas, the airline, announced that you will not be able to fly on their airplanes without getting the vaccines. And other companies are going to follow suit as well on this kind of thing. So if you don't get this vaccine, you will be restricted in what you can do and where you can go. And some countries have even outright said, you know, they will make this vaccine mandatory and use the police to enforce it. Now, whether they follow through with that or not, you know, we'll see. But I think this is batshit crazy. All right. This is nuts. We have no idea what the long-term effects are of this technology. Uh, Hundreds of millions, maybe billions of people are going to get this vaccine uh, that has been researched for less than a year. I mean, doesn't that just sound like a bad sci-fi movie to you? I mean, strange DNA altering vaccine rapidly rolled out to a huge population who is forced to take it and I don't know, then what? They they turn into zombies or aliens or something? I mean, if you wanted to act in a super sketchy way that totally fueled people's worst ideas, like this is it. You're doing it. You know, you're you're playing the script to a T. I don't I don't wanna be a conspiracy nut, but It's like the shoe fits. So I totally believe her, you know, when she says she has met these people who think they are gods and they want to figure out systems that get people acting along a certain agenda that I totally believe her because I know those people out there exist. I've met those people. You've probably met those people. And they make these grand top-down decisions that are supposed to usher in a better world with you know them conveniently and benevolently on top. Uh, sometimes I talk about uh, Nassim Taleb, uh, whose books you know inspired me to start the show. And a big point in his books is large systems that make top-down decisions are fragile by nature. I mean, he shows this mathematically. He shows this historically. It is just it's a law of the universe. When you get a really large system and it starts making top-down decisions those things are prone to fall apart because they make terrible decisions like forcing everyone to take a vaccine with no long-term data. But, you know, with all that said, um, I'm going to tell you how I think this all can work out for the best. Would you like that? I'm I'm going to tell you how, whether this vaccine works or not, there will be a positive outcome. So let's let's play both sides of the issue for a minute. How great would it be if... This new vaccine worked exactly like they thought it would, meaning not only does this technology prevent COVID and and other cold viruses, but it's a safer way to make vaccines in general than what we do now. And, you know, as we shift towards this new technology, chronic disease rates across the U.S. fall... And at that point, some of these big pharma companies, maybe they start to acknowledge that vaccines that we've used have maybe caused some of these diseases. Um, But it's okay because, you know, we got these new vaccines that are much, much better. Almost, Almost like, you know, any industry that has safety concerns like mining or oil drilling where it used to be a lot more dangerous, but now it's safer. You know, they have hard hats and stuff. And because it's safer... It's okay to acknowledge that it used to be worse. Maybe vaccines are like that. Maybe that, that'll happen. Uh, a lot of times, you know, large companies, they're run by lawyers and they don't want to admit mistakes because it opens the door to lawsuits. But in the future, when the threat of the lawsuit is lower, you know, they may be willing to admit mistakes that they wouldn't, to, they wouldn't admit to now. So that's one way that the future could turn out that would be very positive. And, and you can see that it would not totally be out of the realm of possibility either. No, I mean, no one would say that it was impossible that the vaccine scientists today could be right and, and something like this could happen. Now, another way it could turn out is let's say these new vaccines do cause cytokine storms and autoimmune disease and these sweep the nation and you know we're in a lot of trouble. People are getting sick everywhere. Well, the silver lining is the success or failure of these vaccines will impact what people believe about vaccines for many years to come. The government and pharma, they have gone in so deep for this vaccine, uh, they are so committed that if it's a bad outcome, people will wake up to the craziness in the medical industry. So the silver lining really is how committed they are to this path they are going down. And if people start to wake up to the craziness, the pharma monopoly that we currently have in the U.S. could break down. And maybe if people wake up to that, they will wake up to other large top-down failures. Uh, there was some, some research put out by Ipsos the other day that says uh, doctors, nurses, and engineers are the most trusted professions. Uh, if you're curious, the least trusted were politicians and journalists. Anyway, if this new vaccine hurts a lot of people and those you know, most trusted positions of doctor and nurse are put into question, there is a chance of an awakening. And and maybe this awakening will shift away from the culture of consumerism and entertainment towards localism and community and helping each other on a on a micro level and not trying to save the world with these grand sweeping plans that almost always fail. Now, I'm... Sure, you can also see it's possible that neither of these realities will occur. You know, maybe the vaccine doesn't do much. But the fact that world governments are willing to go this far, meaning they are throwing out caution, they're throwing out medical consent, they're just saying, you know, we're going to start mandating medical procedures, we're going to start doing, we're going to start making you do what we think is the best thing for you. That means that eventually they will either have wild success or wild failure. History says it's probably going to be wild failure, but you know, Anything is possible. So I'm not going to be getting these vaccines anytime soon. If they say I can't travel or go to concerts or whatever, you know, that's fine with me. And if the governments make everyone sick, you know, I'm, I'm in the exact right place to be to help people in whatever way I can. I'm, I'm very well positioned for uh, the either coming apocalypse of bad health or, you know, everybody partying because things worked out great. So lastly, you know, Dr. Carey, she gave some ideas for general health. She mentioned diatomaceous earth, iodine, baking soda, and L-glycine. L-glycine is pretty low risk. That's not a big deal to try. But the other ones, in my experience, are a little bit riskier. I would definitely do your research to make sure they... Are something you want to try. You know, you can mess with your thyroid, you can mess with your alkalinity with iodine and baking soda, especially if you do large doses. I mean, she wasn't recommending large doses or anything like that, but if you do large doses, just make sure you know what you're doing, just know what you're getting into. Let me know what you think of the episode. If you're on YouTube, please comment below. And if this video gets taken down in the future, you can find quacks on iPhone, Android, and other places that podcasts live uh next episode i will be revealing an amazing diet improvement that it's a little gross but it could really make a big difference in your ability to heal and stay younger so that'll be out in a couple weeks until then be well